Welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast, an experience designed to help you leverage the 167 hours outside of the Sunday or outside of the message that you can grow your faith. My name is Lockie. I'm the host of this podcast. And today I'm joined by Chris for part three of figuring faith out. We've been looking at the five faith catalysts. And this week in our message, we looked at private disciplines, what it looks like to have a disciplined life in our faith. So this conversation is all around that and hopefully will give you a really practical next step to take to grow your faith. Really hope you enjoy the conversation and we'll see you on the other side. To give you the best idea of what it looks like to give your first few minutes and your first few dollars to God, we're going to look at four questions of the four Mondays that you can crush this week. And today I'm joined by Chris Podlick, one of our communicators at Beyond, and we're going to talk through part three of figuring faith out. Chris, how are you going today? really well really well i'm excited for what we're going to talk about today that's great well it might seem like to the listeners that we just pop on this call and just start chatting about podcasts but i will give you Mm. an inside scoop is we do chat for a little bit beforehand don't we chris yeah just a little bit of banter and uh i just i just want to make mention um how many packets of me goring did you get down in approximately two minutes smash three today actually yeah it's impressive squeezing it in you know and it wasn't yeah, it was just because of my poor planning beforehand. I had to smash three down while I was chatting to you. Like, it's impressive. Uh, I don't know. That's a lot of a lot of me goring and the spices and the the, the flavors. They kind of get your nose going a little bit. I just love pure salt. Is really you know why I go so hard on the me goring. Yeah, I mean, like, did you did you go hard at it when you were a student, or is this just an adult? No. There you go. It's so a you're random opposite of most people. Yeah, this is a random thing. I just like, I actually started eating Migarang because uh, I just, I really struggled with like the training load that I was doing to keep eating enough food uh, and not get tired. And I just couldn't, I was really lazy and couldn't be bothered like preparing all the food I needed to. And I was like, oh, Migarang's easy. I could like throw that in as like an afternoon snack. And it's, it's, it's kind of bad for you, yeah. but like at and least it's developed calories. four or five packets at a time. I don't know if I've ever done five. I have done four. That's definitely happened before. There you go. Well, there's your four Monday for this week. Have a crack at five me goring packets at once. Yes. Okay. Um, we'll give it a crack. See how it's we good. go. I felt like I got to know you a whole lot better through that. So, you know, <laughs> people at home are like, wow, I know this guy. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, let's get... He eats me goring just like me. He does. He does. He's, he's like one of us, um, which is phenomenal. Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get cracking into our, our four questions of the four Monday. And uh, the first question is around obviously private disciplines. And it's mm. simply, um, can you have faith without having private disciplines? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. You can have faith without having private disciplines and whether that's prayer or Bible reading or, um, or giving or, or whatever um, falls as a private discipline for you. The tension and the thing that I would, I, I like to ask is like, what kind of relationship can you have? Cause faith ultimately is a relationship. And I think if we take that into, uh, into the real world and, uh, and we say, you know, for example, you and I lock, uh, 
could we be friends if we never spent time together, never hung out together, never talked about what was going on? Uh, and I just looked at what was going on on your Facebook and you just looked at what was going on on my Facebook or Instagram. And we could say in a very loose sense, like, yeah, we're friends. We're mates. But there's, there's not a lot of depth to the relationship. There's not a lot more going on. So I think, yes, you can have uh, faith without private disciplines. But I think the, the bigger question is, well, what kind of faith is that? Like, it's, it's not the relationship that God wants to have because God uses these disciplines, like as we've been saying throughout this series, to really blow your faith up. So you'd say God wants us to have private disciplines or is he disappointed at us for not having them or is he proud of us for having them? I, I think, yeah, that's a good question. See, private disciplines, I would say, are a tool for developing our relationship with God. If you think about it, you know, it's uh, it's really tangible for us and um, when, when there's uh, people, but so, like how we develop that relationship. But sometimes with God, it's a little bit more like, well, how do I do that? Like with people, it's easy. It's like, well, I go to coffee dates or, you know, like with my mates, I go play golf with them and we chat while we're on the golf course and, and I'm hacking balls everywhere. Like, and we chat about life and <laughs> well, it's well documented on. that you do Mondays with the boys. That's a, is Mondays that, are for that's the a, boys. That's a yep. discipline of some, uh, some description there. Yeah. Every Monday, 6am, uh, there's a group of, there's always three of us, but at certain times throughout the year, some other people come and ev- although it hasn't been three of us at the moment because of social distancing, just let everyone know. Um, but yeah, every Monday, 6am, we start off and we go for a bike ride and, um, and we just catch up and hang out and get a coffee and, um, and that relationship, those relationships grow and get stronger really solid uh, because we spend time with each other. And so this is what private, these private disciplines are with God. They're not like, oh, God's like angry that you didn't do it, but it's a way to grow your relationship uh, with God. And I think, unfortunately, and, and if this has been some of our listeners experience, I apologize because um, it's, it's been framed in the wrong sense for you that maybe you've grown up in church where it was like, well, if you don't read your Bible, you're not a good Christian. Well, if you don't pray, you're not a good Christian. Well, if you don't give, you're not a good Christian. That's, that's not it at all. These are tools that God wants us to use to get to know him and for him to get to know us and have a relationship with us. That's great. So it's more like a date night essentially. Yeah. And carving out, you know, a, a time or a period where you spend time with God or you give yourself to God um, rather than this law that we have to follow that we are not Christians if we don't have these disciplines. Yeah. And it's, it's a time for us to connect with God, but it's also a time for God to connect with us. Mm. So it's a, it's a two way street. It's not a one way thing. Well, it's uh, kind of leads into our second question, which is um, this, what do I get in exchange for doing my private disciplines? Well, if God doesn't need me to do them, what's, what's the benefit? What do I get out of it? Yeah. I think that's a good question. I think you get a relationship with the creator of the universe. I mean, if you're a Jesus follower and you really do believe that God stepped into history, that God gave his life on a cross for you, that he overcome the grave so that, so that you could know him. My question would be like, why wouldn't you want to know God? And even if you kept skeptical or curious about faith, my question would be why, if you believe there's maybe something, some kind of higher power, why would you not want to discover a God like that? Like every other God in the world and, and every other major world religion um, it's always about what we do for God. Christianity starts with the premise of this is what God has done for humanity. And this is what God has extended to humanity. And, and my question is, well, 
what you get is to actually know a God who is for you. And so why wouldn't you want to do that? That's really cool. Cause my experience with spending time with God often comes with clarity. Um, Chris, you know me, you know me fairly well. I love a big idea and I love um, an existential crisis. <laughs> I love freaking myself out over what I think direction. God uses existential crises to grow your faith, mate. He does. He does. And uh, I get caught up on big ideas and big things and I'll, come over to Chris's place and be like, Chris, I'm moving to Perth. And then I'll be like, nah, you know, like that's, that's where my mind goes is just like making irrational decisions and big things. Um, and, and often that's when I'm not actually actively practicing my faith could, cause God wouldn't feed me those kind of crazy ideas. However, when I do spend time with God in my disciplines, I know that I get a lot of clarity that God often actually has my best interest at heart. He knows that I'm a bit of a hot mess and that he wants to just give me the next step. However, um, when I'm on my own fighting my own faith, I come out with some with some really wild things. But God's like, hey, hey, Lock, just just calm down. Here's your next step. So here, here's your clarity. Here's what you're after. Um, so it's a it's not it's not just like oh, you get to hold hands with Jesus. It's like no, he wants he wants the best for your life, which is just great. And, and I think that and we spoke about this on the weekend. And this can be a little bit of a controversial thing for. Christians who have grown up in um, who've grown up in church their whole life uh, and it might so what I'm about to say next might be uncomfortable for you but just know I'm not saying it Jesus is saying it is that in Matthew 6 the verse that we looked at on the weekend it says like hey when we go about some of these private disciplines uh, your father referring to God who sees everything will reward you now he doesn't say what he'll reward you with but he, he says hey you, there's a benefit to you for doing these disciplines it's actually in your best interest to do these because you get something and you might be like, Oh, I don't do it for a reward. It doesn't matter. Jesus says God rewards you anyway. Yeah. Wow. Well, there's yeah. That's a, it's a great reward. I, I like rewards. I like good things. <laughs> I'm not going to do it for the reward though, but you know, I'll cop a reward on the chin. If I yeah, why not? Yeah. There you go. Uh, well, going into kind of prayer, you, you mentioned about praying on our own. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the message was centered around this discipline of prayer. The third question is, why does God want me to pray if he already knows what's going on? That's a great question. Maybe I'll use another relationship analogy to, uh, yeah, to kind of, to kind of help us navigate through it. So my wife, um, I mean, I'm sure lots of couples have this thing, but my wife and Shout I, out to say, Emma, sorry, just really quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. Emma's doing a great job. I'm just noticing teaching and doing TikToks. That's just all I'm going to say. Emma's, Emma's, Emma's doing a great job uh, at the moment. I'm really appreciating your wife. My this, wife is adapting time. well to COVID and uh, she is now becoming a TikTok influencer. Uh, but my wife and I, we have this thing uh, in our relationship uh, where we will say to each other, hey, I know, I, I, hey, you're my person and I just need to let you know and I need to vent this. Um, and often when we do that, we know exactly what the other person is going to say to us. But sometimes we just need to express ourselves and kind of work through a problem or verbalize a problem, uh, talk, talk through that problem. Even, even though we know what we should be doing and the way that we're responding, perhaps, you know, for me more so, you know, the way I'm responding to a a problem isn't helpful or isn't, you know, um, the best. I say that so that, you know, it helps me just as much as it kind of grows our relationship. And uh, the same is true for, for God. 
is that the purpose of prayer is actually for us to connect with God and develop and continue to grow our relationship. And so, um, yes, God already knows what's going to happen, but that doesn't change the fact that God wants a relationship with us. And so prayer is just as much as us posturing our hearts and recognizing, Hey, who God is, that he's the creator of the universe and reminding ourselves of that as it is also hearing from God and allowing God to speak into the situations that that's going on uh, within our lives. So it's a, it's a both end. And I think as well, um, another way for prayer is that, you know, if, if God already knows what's going on, um, it doesn't mean that prayer is ineffective because there are plenty of times throughout um, scripture where prayer does definitely does seem to change God's mind. You know, not, not that, not that God didn't know what was going to happen, but it, it definitely seems particularly in the old Testament at times that prayer changed God's mind. Mm. So prayer is, yeah, just so powerful. It's really huge. I think we really need to move away from the idea that prayer is sitting down in our quiet place with our, um, with our, you know, hands folded with our eyes closed. Um, prayer, prayer can be really dynamic and mm-hmm. we can hear the voice of God. And it's, you know, I, I say this in, in the kind of people I lead in my own life is we've got to, yes, please pray for rain. And we love praying for rain, but when prayer becomes about, you know, we pray for good weather and that our family's safe. Um, again, pray for those things, but that's not what the point of prayer. Uh, I think we, we get to hear from God and, um, that might be a really foreign concept for a lot of people listening, but, um, you know, as your prayer life develops, God, God takes us deeper into that. So our first step to prayer is simply seeing that prayer is, is, is a relationship. It's not just me sitting down saying, Oh, thank you, God. Um, there's a bit more going on to prayer. So I, I really like, and, and you know, we'll probably talk about prayer on this podcast. I think we have to, because we could, we could do a couple episodes just on that question. I think Chris. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a good starting point. Is there anything else you want to add there? I think, I think that's enough. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a really good starting point um, to just, yeah, maybe the first question when you start to pray is like, God, have you got anything to say to me today? And it'll sound awkward and it'll sound weird. And maybe you just sit there and listen for two or three minutes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes maybe he doesn't. Sometimes maybe he does. Usually if he wants you to address something that's really uncomfortable and it doesn't sound like fun, usually that's a hint that it's God talking. <laughs> that's good. And to wrap us up with our, our fourth question, um, which again is our really practical question. Uh, the question is this, what practical steps can I take to give my first minutes and my first dollars this week? Sure. I'll, um, I'll address these in two separate parts, I think. First minutes and first dollars. For, um, so practical step in order to give your first minutes to God, I would say prepare the night before. Uh, and what I, what I mean by that is, is, um, if you've got a, uh, a, a couch, that's the, couldn't even think I was having a, a brain fart. Um, <clears throat> if you've got a couch or a seat or a place that you go to, to read your Bible or get on the Version Bible app and you're reading a plan, have your iPad there, have your physical Bible there, whatever that, um, looks like, um, have, you know, if you if you get up and have a shower straight away, um, have your clothes ready so that it's as easy as possible. Um, set everything up the night before, have your place uh, ready to go. And again, I say first minutes because I just think if you do it first thing to start the day, it kind of shows that God's your number one priority. And then you don't have to try and squeeze God in 
to the other parts of your day. You've started your day with God and then God just kind of flows into and that relationship kind of flows into the rest of the day. That's great. I think the, the practice that I've been doing is um, in a way kind of not saying amen at the end of my prayer in my day. And for me, that represents that I've started this day in prayer and it's going to be prayer. Like I'm not finishing this. This isn't me just getting it out of the road. It's me making a priority and saying, I'm praying now so that throughout the day, uh, God, you know, remind me to pray. It's not just a one-time thing or remind me to be like you in this situation. Um, so that's, a, that's what I've, you know, I've been trying. Sometimes I do just say amen out of muscle reflex. <laughs> reflex yeah. sorry. But it's the, uh, it's the idea that, hey, this yeah. day is, is a long kind of extended prayer, not just um, it's a dialogue, a relationship with Jesus, not just a, kind I, of a minute. I really like that. And something else that I would just maybe... I don't know, say to, to anyone listening is, I don't, I don't know um, if, if other people have this experience, but I know definitely when I was growing up and um, when I didn't know what it was like in church leadership or who pastors or preachers were, that they were just normal people. I used to have this misconception that, uh, well, people who give messages or people who lead churches, you know, they must just sit in silence for four hours at a time and they must just like, have these incredible uh, experiences with God every morning. It's never hard for them to get out of bed or it's never, that's just all rubbish. Like, you know, it's, it's all, um, you know, human beings, the same as anyone else. Sometimes it is difficult and challenging for me to get out of bed. I'm like, man, I should have gone to bed earlier last night. I shouldn't have been to watch Netflix. Um, So I think the big thing is just start where you're at and don't, don't, Mm compare your where you're at in terms of your private disciplines to anyone else. Like if three minutes or five minutes is a big deal for you to start your morning that way, start with five minutes. Who cares how long anyone else spends? That's not the purpose of it. Like, yeah. And we love as Christians to beat ourselves up in comparison to others. Um, if you, if you're like, yeah, this is for me, I want to start my first minutes in prayer and you, you do it three times this week. (laughs) be uh, my I'm, I'm you know be proud of that that's that's incredible that's yep. a great step um because yep. we often go oh my goodness well, it was four days that i didn't do it hey that's a that's an incredible start um however what chris was talking about before with making you know we 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 start it the night before like we put our bible out we we set our bible plan up um so we create habits that make it happen but also if we can do it three two two times four times whatever it is that's that's an incredible step on the road to being uh, disciplined. And Craig Rochelle, who's a, who's a um, pastor of a large church in America, he, if you're trying to form this as a habit, he says something that I've, I've found really helpful. He says, it's okay to miss a day. Just don't miss two. So if you fall, if you know, if you, if you sleep in or if it doesn't, you don't squeeze it in one day. That's okay. Don't beat yourself up about it. Just don't miss the next day. Cause I think sometimes it's like, Oh, I miss one day. Oh, I got it. And then it's easy to miss two, three, four. Downward spiral. Yeah. So it's okay to miss one day. Don't stress about that. Just don't miss two. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So maybe that's a, a good challenge for this week is hmm. have a crack at it. Um, but, but don't miss, don't miss two days in a row, you know, build it consistently. Hmm. Um, and then the, um, the finances side of things, money, um, money, 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 money. And some, and this is like, um, I don't, I can't remember whether I said this in the message or not, but, um, it definitely wasn't intended to be a giving message. This, this is very much finances is a face uh, is a faith thing and the reason finances is a faith thing is because for us the question is well if 
if I give first, do I trust that God's going to help me survive off the rest? And that's, that's not a generosity thing. That's not a money thing. That's a faith thing. That's like asking, do I trust that if I follow the teachings of God, when it comes to my finances, that I'll be able to survive? And just so the listeners know, uh, Beyond Church isn't isn't off budget. We're doing well. <laughs> we don't we're not we don't just put this uh, this this finance message just to you know reach our, our yearly targets. We, we're doing just fine. Um, yeah, this is back. this is one hundred percent for listeners. And like I said, with for this series, it's for, to help people figure their faith out. And um, and one of the biggest things that you can do. Um, in terms of figuring your faith out and following the teachings of Jesus is to follow Jesus teachings around money. And Jesus, if you, if you look at some of the stuff Jesus teaches far and away above so much other stuff, money is at the top of the list. Why? Because Jesus knew that the number one thing competing for your heart, this side of heaven is money. I'm agree. I'm a agree to that. I don't know if anyone else is like, yep, but I'm, I'm going to put my hand up and say, yeah, that's, that's true. As much as I don't want it to, it, it is true. And in the message, I, I even kind of gave this analogy that, um, you know, how much faith does it take to believe that the second you kind of breathe your last breath that you'll end up in heaven? Well, we have zero control over it. So it doesn't take a whole lot because I've literally got to trust God with everything. But the second God says, well, how about when you're living right now, you give some money towards the local church? All of a sudden, that's a, oh, gee, oh man, like, I don't know if I can do that, God. I'm not sure if I trust you enough. And that's, that's where this, this thing becomes a, actually becomes a faith issue because it becomes, God, do I trust that you'll provide for my needs? And that's why this is such a big deal. And that's why this is part of this figuring faith um, thing out series. But really practical way that you can give your first dollars, I just say automate it. Like things that just automate it, things that you do um, automatically and um, or, or another phrase is set it and forget it. Um, for those people, and, and I think, Locke, you're going to give some really helpful insights for people who maybe are on um, part-time wages. and uh, Got to look after the get... students out there. Exactly. We love the students. Um, but if you're listening and, and you are in full-time work or you have a consistent wage, um, something that uh, Emma and I do is we just uh, have it set up as an automatic transfer. We've picked a percentage. So we always say be percentage givers at Beyond um, and being a percentage giver means it doesn't matter uh, how much you earn, uh, whether you think it's a lot, whether you think it's a little, whether you think like, ah, it's all right. Um, pick a percentage and choose to be generous with that percentage. And so that's what, that's what Emma and I do. We have a percentage um, that we pick and then when our pay comes in, it automatically gets uh, shot out and, uh, and we give it, um, give it away to the local church. And that percentage can grow, which is great. So you, if you're like, I want to give 10% of my income, I would love to, but you're, you, you are already living paycheck to paycheck. Start with 1%. Like we, um, we're not asking you to just like sell your house or move out, you know, sell everything, become a minimalist and only have one spoon. Uh, you can have more than that. Um, so the idea is that you pick a percentage, but also have a goal in mind of like, oh, wow, I really, I want to get to that point. And over time, set the steps out. We go, okay, 1%, 1.5%, 2%. And it kind of goes like that. I think for me and my story as a student and uh, kind of not being incredibly financially, um, you know, it's, it's just that time of life. 
You're eating a lot of migarang. Eating, yeah, let's just let's just say that. That's, that's a good one. I'm eating a lot of migarang a couple of times a day. Um, you know, for me, it started with a compassion child um, kind of giving. And the reason that that kickstarted my generosity in my life was because it was a commitment. Um, because I'd given to church before. However, there was nothing that made me give the same amount the next week. However, when you take on something like a compassion child, it's a monthly, um, you know, a monthly scheduled kind of general act of generosity you have to give. So I had to give this amount a month and then the next week I had to come out with it again. And that kind of gave me a habit of giving, which was great. So if you don't know what to do, um, my suggestion is to, to start giving and say, I'm going to give this per week. I'm going to give this per month. And then it creates that kind of habit. But what I do in my personal life is I actually have a separate account in my bank. I have an account called give, um, you know, I don't know if you've had, uh, you know, barefoot investor and all sorts of things, but there's all sorts of resources out there that say split your money up within your bank accounts, uh, internally. And so I have a separate account called give, I put a certain amount of money in there and part of it goes to the local church. Part of it shouts coffees to my mates. Part of it goes to different charities I support. So I put a bit of money in there and that's how that goes. So Again, in a way, I do set it and forget it. As Chris says, the money goes in there. And once it's there, it's not treated as my money anymore. It's to give. And when the local church needs some help, I can, I can give from that point. So um, that's I think how um, that works. That's really insightful to share that. And I think I just want to address like if, you know, some listeners are maybe having pushbacks because they're thinking, oh, great. Like, um, well, you know, Chris and Locke, like what I like to do is I like to give when I see a need. Well, what I would what I would say is if you if you make giving a priority and you pick a percentage, then the things that you care about won't have a need. And and the reality is no one no one likes it when organisations are constantly going give us your money give us your money we need money to fund it no one likes that uh, and so people don't give to that because they feel like it's money grabbing. Yet you want to feel like there's you have to have a need or see a need to give like that just that's not generosity in you know that's a um, that's a spontaneous giver. That's what we would, we call that a three S giver at beyond. We want to be a three P um, giver at beyond. We love P's at beyond. We love P's. Yeah. And so um, the, a three S giver is someone who's spontaneous, sporadic and sparing with their giving. Um, whereas, whereas someone uh, who is, is a three P giver, uh, it's a percentage, it's a priority. Uh, and I can't remember the, the third P. This is embarrassing. So we only talk about money in uh, October, November. So it's okay, Chris. You, you've, got, you've got a few months to work it out before we get yeah, there. Yeah, I've got to find the final. Um, that's, I can't believe that I forgot the, the final P. You're okay, Chris. You've remembered quite a lot off the top of your head. While you get that, I just will say that um, Molly, my fiance, I think she does this really well um, in terms of having money to, to give. So when you, when you set aside money and depending on where it goes to, you know, um, for us, ours actually sits in our account for a little bit before we then give it out. And you hear people talk about all the time about, oh, if I had a bit more money, I would be generous. Mm. Um, and then you, you just know they're not, gen- like, you know, they're not actively generous. One thing Molly does really well is like, there's a, there's a bit of money there already and when the need arises, the money goes straight out without thought. The money isn't ever considered hers or ours. Um, it's sitting there and someone might say, oh my goodness, this medical bill's come up. And it's like, yep, cool. Well, here, here you go. It's ready to go. Um, and so as you, you know, this week's kind of for money is to give your first dollars. But what I want to kind of inspire and give you vision for is 
this incredible life where you are the person um, that gives like you're known by your generosity. I, I I'd love to be that person. Uh, you know, those people, you, you hear them stories about them that can give away, you know, $10,000 at a time to fund someone's university education or things like this. You hear about these incredible givers, but at one point they didn't have a lot of money, but what they did have was great habits of how they spent their money when they didn't have a lot. And as they're, income increases as their capacity does so does their ability to just go nuts and go to town when when there's a need they just give and give and give and i want to be someone like that and hopefully this is like planting the seed to see this happen in your life yep couldn't agree more that final p we love I found it. it it's preventative so we say priority percentage and preventative so first of all make it a priority that's why we say give you first uh secondly is pick a percentage of your income Thirdly is preventative. In other words, that's what we're essentially just talking about. The idea that uh, you prevent a need from arising. True generosity prevents needs from arising in the first place. If you're a generous person and and we were to live in a generous world, there wouldn't be things like global hunger because people would have prevented it in the first place by being generous. Now we, which is crazy when you think about it, the fact that we now have to be generous to prevent global hunger. We now have to be generous to allow people to all have clean water. Um, so this is more, is a really big faith thing that, that um, and I would say, you know, if it is important to you and you care about it, um, give towards it. And if that happens to be the local church, um, that's, that's great. If you don't trust the local church, that's okay. Give to another organization. That's right. And, and come along, tune into our stuff. You don't, don't give blindly. Um, see if you like what we do at beyond or wherever your local church is. Um, get involved. Um, you know, see for it yourself where the money is going and, and what you see the money going towards. But um, at the end of the day, we, we do see it as a great thing that people contribute to the local church. It really, really helps us um, reach our vision and mission, which for us is to reach our neighborhood and our community. Um, and, and that is just such an honor and privilege to do right where we are. We talked a bit more about money than I thought we would, but that's okay. We, um, I think it's one of those, it's definitely one of those things that God uses um, to figure out your faith. Um, and so definitely for me, I know that was true. Um, the first time that I started uh, giving on a regular basis, that was, it was begrudgingly and uh, mm. definitely not very happy um, to be doing it. Um, but hopefully that's helpful for people that's who it. are tuning in and, and in that space themselves. And if you do want more about money, we have a series called Be Rich. So you can go back through our podcast archives I think it's about November every year where is, we, yeah. uh, as a community, we commit to generosity. So we give away all the money that comes into beyond. Um, so you can check that and you see all the, the three S's and the three P's. And if you would like to know more about prayer, I believe we did a series called upside down. Uh, that was about prayer last year. Yeah. That was about a year ago. Yeah. About May year last ago. year. So you can just yeah. have a, have a field day in the beyond archives. Um, but we're just pointing you to some great resources as well as the resources that will be in the bio. But that is it. We've done our four questions. Thank you, Chris. Um, Chris Megaring Podlick, as they call him. Uh, no one's called him that yet. I won't. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but maybe it'll catch on. I reckon it will. But uh, thanks for joining us today. We'll, um, we'll see you in part five. I can't wait for part five. Thanks so much for having me, Locke. All right, we'll see you next time.
thanks for listening once again to this podcast. If you really enjoyed it, feel free to share it or comment or like or subscribe. Do all those things to help us out and reach more people. But apart from that, really hope you have a great week implementing uh, the tactics which you've got from this episode, whether that's to give your first dollars or give your first minutes. We really hope you have a great one and we'll see you next week.